a reading from the letter of Paul to the Galatians. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we may, might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The word of the Lord.
For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Yes. 
that the demons that are inside this man are very many and are reflective of what's going on in the world. So in fact, the demons are not really just in the man. The story is about the whole community. Because if you think about it, the first half of the story is all about the man living out in the wilds. It's about all the efforts that the community made to guard him and chain him up, but he breaks free. He lives among the tombs, among the dead, outcasts from the community. <clears throat> but he's not alone. The community's involved in all of this. In fact, they spend a lot of their time and their resources dealing with the reality of these demons that are right there in front of their face. And not only trying to contain them, but they tolerate it. We don't know how long this has been going on, but the text suggests for a really long time, this constant stirring and discord and division and illness and screaming and homelessness and perhaps hunger and all of these things are going on right there in their community. And they're tolerating it. So I think Luke is trying to suggest that this is a condition of the world. This is a condition of the world. And when Jesus shows up and heals the man, we get this incredible image. We get this incredible image of the man sitting very still, clothed, and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. So you have this tremendous contrast between all of the anxiety and the spinning over here. And when he draws near to Jesus, he's still and clothed and in his right mind. And the people were very, very afraid when they saw that. That's an enormous statement. God wants wholeness for his world. God wants wholeness for each one of us. And wholeness, being healed, may mean being in our right minds and drawing very, very near to Jesus all the time. So I think Luke is describing something about the overall human condition. And if that's true, then he's also describing the church. It's not just the world out there. It has to be in here too. So the question for us is, what do we tolerate and support even in this cycle of anxiety and worry and spinning and exclusion and you can name them, I don't know, all of those things, right? How much time do we spend and energy do we spend over here in this cycle as opposed to being over here kneeling at the feet of Jesus? So if it's true for the church and it's true for the world, then it's true for each one of us individually, right? Same question. How much time and energy do I spend over on this side worrying about things I can't do anything about? Holding on to grudges? Assuming I know 
what's better for other people than they know for themselves or than God knows for them? How much time do I spend complaining about how busy I am? How much time do I spend not being with my family or drawing near to Jesus with each one of you? I think those are real questions, and I think Luke is suggesting that real healing, this healing that Jesus does in the story, is micro and macro. And he gives us the answer. The man draws very near to Jesus, sits at his feet, still, calm, in prayer and gratitude. But then, when the rest of the people throw Jesus out, because this is way too scary to have somebody in their right mind and calm who might tell some truths, that's too scary. They throw Jesus out. And the man said, well, I'm going to come with you in the boat. And Jesus says, no. No, that's not why I healed you. I healed you to bring you back into community, into this very imperfect community. And now your job is to walk around and tell everyone the good news. Tell everyone. Tell everyone what God did for you. What God is doing for you. Because you're healed and you're in your right mind and you know where the power of the world resides now. You know it for yourself in your bones. The power of the world is not in the imperial Roman Empire. It's not even in the value of all those pigs. The real power of the world is here, in Jesus. And he offers that healing to each of us. Deep, deep story. There's a little, little coda. You'll notice that throughout the season of Pentecost and ordinary time, so throughout the summer, we'll be saying the post-communion prayer, the number that's on page 366. It's the second one. And there's a reason for that. It has in there the line, and now, Father, send us out. And y'all jump right to the next line to do the work you've given us to do. I want to encourage us to think about this season as a season of being sent out. And so let's say it with some space. Just like Jesus sent out the man who was healed to be in his community and proclaim good news, so too, so too are we after we have eaten at this table, at God's table with Jesus, we too are sent out. Yes, to do work, but yes, to proclaim the good news of all that God is doing for us, and doing for us here in community. Thanks be to God.
to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I give to you, my own peace I give to you. Regard not our sins with the faith of your church, and give to us the peace and unity of that heavenly city, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our
to the table near the door, just to the left of the door from where we are, is our welcome table. There's people there who are willing to answer your questions and help you um, figure out where you are and where things are and what's happening in this place. Um, we also hope you will join us for coffee hour after this. There is a special festive coffee hour today, which I'll let Nancy say more about in a moment. Um, another thing is, so often we have little pods of our community doing things that not everyone sees. And one of those that I just wish that you all could have seen is this beautiful junior and youth choir retreat that Robert hosted at the lake um, Thursday and Friday. And I had the privilege of being there on Friday with these 13 kids. And, um, there was so much sacredness, hanging with them, being in the water with them. But the poignant thing for me is these are children who are learning to pray together. We had one book of common prayer, and when it was time for the song during evening prayer, we passed it around with every person, ages seven through our oldest adult, by themselves chanted two or four verses. And to hear those voices, knowing how to pray in our tradition in that way and having the courage to sing, I, I'm sorry, I should stop going on. But it was so beautiful, and I want you to know that those things are happening. You also have an announcement. <laughs> After that great build-up, I have to apologize. I usually put the translation of an anthem in if it's in a foreign language. So I know usually you can't understand our words, whether they're in English or Latin. <laughs> But today we're singing in Latin, and it's the first two verses of Psalm 42, uh, which if you really want to follow, you can look in your prayer book at page 643, Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. The other announcement I have is today is the last Sunday of our organized um, academic year choir. Next week we'll be in a pickup choir. So if you've always thought, I wonder what it's like to sing in the choir. Next week, come at 9 o'clock, and we'll show you. That and all the choirs know how to have a good time together, so, so investigate that. There is youth group right after church. Um, not right after. I think all of us want to be in on a special coffee hour for a little while. From 11.30 to 12.30, there will be youth group in the youth group. And I know that it's not going to be So, Ted, I'm going to come up here. So our special coffee hour today is to celebrate and honor our wonderful sexton, Ted Hall, who is retiring not till August 9th, but we wanted to have a party today so that lots of y'all would be here um, to, to celebrate. Celebrate Ted. I also want to bless him. You've got to be center of attention. There he is, center of attention.
just throw a sign-up sheet on the window of opportunity, or you can see John Stone and call the hour and tell them that, um, that you'd like to come. It'll be a wonderful chance to, um, to gather around. And as I've been teasing John, in Balmer, where they used to live, where I'm from, when you eat hot dogs, you don't call them hot dogs, my friends. They're Tuesdays. So Tuesdays will be on the menu. You don't want to miss that. I mean, how do And then finally, next week is the fifth Sunday of the month, so we will host a Trinity Town Hall during our forum hour. There will be child care, uh, so please do, please do come. It'll be our last forum of the season, but the following Sunday, uh, Becky and I have, uh, have a special offer for you all called the Sermon Circle. So throughout the rest of the summer, after the 8th and after the 10th, there'll be an opportunity to talk about the sermon and the scriptures, and we'd love to hear from you. We really don't want to hear, good job. What we really want to hear is, when I read that text, I thought the most important thing was this, and you didn't talk about that. What do you think about that? So we want to have some real engagement about the text and about the, uh, about the sermon, so please do use this slightly more relaxed time in the summer to engage in those conversations. There will be healing prayer as always over here in this transept area communion and meeting to follow for anyone who would like prayer for anything in their lives. Walk in love as Christ loves us and gave himself for us an offering of the sacrifice to God.
with you. Lift up your heart. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. God of all power, ruler of the universe, you are worthy of glory and praise. Glory to you forever. As your plan all things seems to be, the vast expanse of interstellar space, galaxies, suns, the planets in their courses, and this fragile earth, our island home. From the primal elements you brought forth the human race and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the rulers of creation, but we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Again and again you called us to return. Through prophets and sages you revealed your righteous law, and in the fullness of time you sent your only son, born of a woman to open for us the way of freedom and peace. And therefore we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all those in every generation who have looked to you in hope, to proclaim with them your glory in their unending